Hi there, this is Greg Legro. And this is Jamie Dew. Of Fully and Completely. Um, You're listening to... <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fully and Completely, the podcast where we explore each and every album in chronological order from famed Canadian band The Dredgely Hip... Uh, we have been moving through the albums, having a delightful time. We are at 1998 with Phantom Power. Uh, we will explore some of the popular culture of the day in and around Canada. A little bit of sports, a little bit of music, a little bit of whatever have you. Talk about our experiences with the band. We will go through a track by track on Phantom Power. And that's where we are. My name is Greg Legro. I'm looking at Jamie Dew. How are you, buddy? I'm all right. All thanks, right. For, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Thanks for being available. Um, we're the best of what's around, I guess, or the best of the, uh, what was left available to cover this stuff for you. Um, 1998. Man. Man, oh man. July 14th, 1998, uh, Phantom Power is released. Produced by Steve Berlin. Yes. Yes. Uh, of, of, <laughs> I didn't have a follow-up. Other than Los I know Lobos. that he was an American saxophonist. Really? Yeah, oh, which yeah. is funny after our discussion last time. <laughs> if you're a fan of our last episode, <laughs> <laughs> you'll know. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Los Lobos, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, good. So Look I'm, at you. I'm wow. pretty sure they mm-hmm. met Los Lobos on one of the roadsides. I don't know which one they had him on. Yeah. What our, a great band. Our crack fans out there will... Crack fans. Crack fans. <laughs> <laughs> our, our crack fans. My enunciation is just... <laughs> Inflection is just all over the face. Please. Jesus Christ, I can't even talk. Um, our crack yep. hip fans squad, out there yeah. will, know, the- will know. The fully incompletists out there will know uh, exactly what tour it was. But I think it was the last one. I think it was 1997 mm-hmm. when they went on the road for Roadside. They had right. Los Lobos join them. And um, made quite an impact because I think he produced this one and the next one. Hmm. Uh, which is um, a feat because yeah. not many people have done more than yeah. have done more than one. I think mm. there's Don Smith and I think there's Bob Rock. Yeah. Uh, other than the Hip and Mark Freakin, who right. are on all of them. Yeah. 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 Um, 1998. It's an interesting time, and we continue. We talked about it a bit uh, with Lie Between Us and 1997 and the 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 cultural shift that is going on uh, with. Uh, any any bit of pop culture music in particular is changing drastically um and we've come a long way from the 1991 explosion of grunge and the alternative mo- movement and now just you know seven short years later what we're looking at the big albums big sellers critical acclaim uh it, we are fully in the first stages of hip hop completely dominating the, tra- the, the the charts. It's been big forever. It's not like hip-hop's new in 1998, but the domination is really coming in. Like, it is the it's dominant the form of music in North America. Absolutely, and This right. is really... I feel like 1998 might be a banner year to kind of look at where things really started to take shape. Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Stone Giant. Cold Classic. Giant one, record. Oh, my God. Yeah. I've I've been I've so weirdly been listening not weirdly but because it's wonderful it's I was wonderful. talking about it with a friend yesterday and it just keeps coming up lately I just want to go back to it because it's remarkable remarkable you couldn't escape it that summer 
No, no, absolutely Summer not. Yeah, and just because the hits just kept coming from it, man, live like everything is everything was like a like a late release on that. And that song is just like the the nomenclature of today. That song is fire. It is huge. Oh, that beat just ruins me. It's also 1998. I mean, my 1998 was hello nasty. Beastie Boys. Fuck. Should have been their first Frisbee record. Should have been like, nah, but they're like, nope, we're changing everything. We're doing it different now. New DJ and everything's fucking awesome again. So get ready because everything, this is your whole summer. Um, Man Alive was my whole time period in 1998. The Beastie Boys. Um, Aquemini from Outcast. This is where people really catch on to what's going on over there. Not sorry, Miss Jackson's on that record. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that song is. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, no. This is the uh, Rosa Parks. Oh, so okay. Small hits. We haven't. We're we're, not, we're about to get to uh, Stankonia. Okay. Which is when they really blow up, and that's Miss uh, Miss Jackson and bombs over Baghdad. Right. Um, so Aquemini is like where everyone went. What the fuck is this? Who are these guys? This is amazing. And it doesn't sound like anything. It just doesn't sound like anything. Um, and uh, uh, DMX is <laughs> as big as you could imagine, <laughs> which is pretty big. Um, volume 2, Hard Knock Life from Jay-Z. Like this, like it, it's really going on. You know what I mean? And rock is rock is uh, Rocky. in a really uncomfortable place here. Yeah. This, is, this is corn. Uh, follow the leader, you know? Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know what to, yeah, I don't know what to say about that. Marilyn Manson's done his re, uh, redesign of himself with the mechanical animals. And, you know, it's more offspring. Uh, <laughs> what was, what was? Americana. Which, oh, let's get a job or whatever. Yeah, which, what the fuck, man? Yeah, no. I don't want to have all of our intros in this time period be like, what the fuck, Offspring, but like, <laughs> listen to that Obladiobladda fucking horrible song. So weird. Yeah. And their, their original fan base must have just been beside itself because I feel like when the first record broke in 94 uh, on a major label, they they had a following prior to that that they were like a legit, yeah, like a legit yeah, uh, allegedly punk, prior to the uh, come out and play album. Yeah, that's what I mean. They yeah. were like a real, like real, not real punk, but at least respected. Yeah. By, and now they're doing obladi obladi. Like, yeah, but with like calling women bitches in it and stuff. Like this is a every. So this is exactly weird. the vision of Paul McCartney. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, what a weird! Time. That song sucks. Uh, what else is going on? Kid Rock blowing up on the scene. Bar to the bog and. <laughs> That's happening. Uh, Rob Zombie is still cruising around making albums. Uh, Cher with another comeback. Do you believe in life after love? Oh, you man. betcha. And now, and also, this is the birth of AutoTune. That's right. This is a big. This is a huge year for everything that's to come. Everything. You're really right. Wow. Yeah. I remember thinking, hearing her voice in that song, and just being, "What the yeah, hell is that?" I mean, I, like it was, it was like, like good, annoying. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was sort of like. And now it's too much. I'm sick of it. Yeah. And like, but auto tune hasn't changed. It still sounds exactly like this. That's right. Um, there's nice stuff out there. We've got a fantastic Fugazi album, End Hits, which is not a greatest hits album, which confused a lot of people. It's just, it's just called the End Hits. Like the end, it's hits. It's here. Corporations, oh, the end hits. They're fucking yeah. ruining us. Yeah, pretty correct. Pearl Jam Yield. Um, this isn't that sweet spot where I really like Pearl Jam it's stuff. It's a fine record. It's a good record. It's a fine record, yeah. yeah. I didn't love it much at the time, mm-hmm. 
but uh, I, I feel like I'd given up on rock and yeah. roll. Yeah, yeah. Oh, ah, Elliot Smith, XO. Okay, that's a good record. Oh, is that a good record? Let's yeah. get sad. Who wants to get sad? I'm sad. Um, yeah, uh, so, oh, but, the, you know, like that's that's like a popular record, but it's not like a... You know, this is that's not on the charts. That's no. just like we all heard. Like, there's this guy writing these songs, and they're so sad. You'll love them. Um, Alanis Morissette, supposed former infatuation junkie, all that long title. That's uh, the follow-up. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, big album too, and of course, Madonna's "Ray of Light," uh, which is another comeback for her. I like that song. Yeah, me too. I have time for "Ray of Light." Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, and "Garbage" version 2.0. Wasn't as big on that record as I don't I care for the that first band, one. Man. I don't I, I like the first any record, of them. I don't like it. No, didn't didn't care for it. Um. So yeah, I mean the the tone of rock is really different. Hip hop is dominating and making better music. It's more adventurous at this in this time period. Like, what, what are you going to go back to? You know, listen to that Corn album or Lauryn Hill. You know, good point. Or Equemini from Outcast. Like what a what a beautiful piece of art. Um so yeah, it's a really it's a strange time. Identity of music and relationship to its audience, everything's kinda shifting. Everything's kinda weird. Fashion is getting bizarre, all all those little Brady dreadlocks that people are doing with <laughs> within their hard rock bands. Interesting. Um and and that's where we are. That's uh this is like the, the this couldn't feel more foreign to nineteen ninety one, you know? God. And it's not that long. No. It's just not that long. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I I had a really strong disconnect from what was going on with music because I was so used to consuming the new and looking for the new. I was so bummed out with what was going on with rock that I really pulled back from it. That's why I had such... I was already, I mean, a huge Beastie Boys fan, but I mean, I had a severe Beastie Boys year <laughs> where it's just so into it. And I was like, maybe I'm looking into down. that a little bit more. And I really, this is where more than any other time, I'd always been interested in digging backwards through the crates and, you know, from older music, but I really kind of gave up on current music and was like, I'm going back to the early 80s and the 70s and I want that stuff and you know I was getting into the television and uh, oh wow you know, I, yeah I wanted educating to, yourself yeah yeah absolutely this was the, my second big education period uh, as a music listener where I really just dove into the old because I'm like everything else sucks music's garbage today it was in my early 20s and everything was hard Hard opinions and decisions on things. <laughs> well, I, was legit, I, I felt the same. I didn't want to turn the radio station no. uh, to a different station, so I just turned it off. Like yeah. So as far as new stuff, I didn't hear a lot of new stuff. Sure. I, I went after the bands that I liked. When they were coming out with new releases, I went after those, yeah. if possible. Yeah. But I certainly stopped listening to 102.1 because yeah. they were flooded with Limp Bizkit and Corn yeah. and yeah. you know bands of that ilk, um, yeah. Marilyn Manson. Yeah. You know, all that stuff. A and just, crush. I just, it wasn't my thing. No, it wasn't. It was a time of just disposable shit. There's no no ability to age into anything else. It was just then. You throw it away. You forget about it. Yeah. You know. Um, and there you go. What What's going on in uh, 1998? I tell you what, one thing that's going on. Uh, uh, January 1st, 1998, uh, the Mega City. In Toronto begins and Mel Lastman is mayor. Wow. Yeah, that was I remember that. I remember we, we all thought the city was doomed. <laughs> yeah, it was over. Little like, did we know it would this, take another twenty years. What a strange time. 
strange time. Uh, and, you know, it certainly could have been worse. For those of you listening from outside of Toronto, yeah. the mega city was, I guess we basically took our five boroughs and, mm-hmm. and uh, th- that operated completely independent of one another yeah. for, for, for the most part. And we amalgamated them all into the city of Toronto. Yeah. Um, can you name the five boroughs of oh, Toronto? The five boroughs? Yeah. <laughs> well, we got some Saga. Yeah. Got some Markham. No, no. Is, was Markham not included in that? No, no. Northern was Mississauga. Nor was Mississauga. What? So yeah. what is it? Scar- well, Etobicoke. Etobicoke. Yeah. Then you got your Yorks. You got your... Oh, the fucking Yorks. Yorks. North See, York. That, I, that East York. always seemed like part of anyway. And the Toronto. Because it's so, so here. Six. Six anyway, boroughs. I thought, it, I thought Saga was included in that. Nope. I guess not. No, they wouldn't yeah. be, would they? Yeah. Fucking well, whatever. Mel go. Lastman is interesting if you don't aren't from here <laughs> sure is um, he was this uh if you watched late night television you were familiar with him because he was a guy yelling at your screen selling furniture <laughs> <laughs> and we decided he should be mayor <laughs> give him the whole goddamn city it was uh, like a you know like look at all these crazy deals on this furniture like a, one of those kind of commercials with like no budget and his whole thing was he would go no Nobody who beats bad boy, nobody. And he'd do like an okay thing. And that was his that was his fucking campaign. That That's was right. good enough to become mayor. Jesus. That's, what well, he had been the mayor of North York the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but still. But, like, but to that's give him the just keys over the there. Thing. No one cares. And it's like, that's kind of funny. But then suddenly this is the mega city and he's the guy. That's right. Yeah. He, he didn't seem like he had a whole lot of uh, political know-how yeah, or, yeah. or whatever. And we were like, he we'll a, never have a mayor worse than this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Toronto. Yeah, then we had our uh, our, uh, our first Ford. Our first yeah, Ford. Yeah, our first Ford. Uh, and I guess everyone, that's what, if anyone knows a, a mayor from Toronto who doesn't live in Toronto, it's certainly Mayor Ford and Got all the, the crack. All the crack. <laughs> all of our crack mayor. Yeah. Here's our, here's our crack fan. Uh, he's the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> and when he, when all that happened, I'm sure there was, Mel, Mel Lassman was kind of like, Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Not me anymore, baby. I'm no longer a trivia question answer. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Who's at the bottom of the mayor chain? Not (laughs) me. I didn't smoke crack. I just said racist stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we've been so... We've been so dragged through the yeah. mud, this poor goddamn city. And then what happens uh, a couple days later, January 5th, the ice storm of 1998. We're going to get into that a little bit. That was when, fucking when bananas. We about the record. One of his first acts as mayor, was he? Was that not when he called in the army to called help? Called in the military. Yeah, to yeah. help dig out Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Well, And it was, fuck, it was crazy. It was. It, it was, was insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very cold. <laughs> that was uh yeah we were buried it was fucked up it was quite a storm it was like trees were falling down because yep. they were just covered they in were ice covered in, in, in tons of ice yeah yeah it was it was insane severe damage to forests uh and a lot of people died um yeah <laughs> well let's move on up. it was crazy <laughs> like thanks mega city here we are yeah um yeah so uh but that i guess you know and that's uh, everything's changing nothing makes sense anymore what's going on there's it's ice the on the, the trees 90s. what's happening and a lot of people you know we talked about how uh truffle the henhouse not super duper well received it, it wasn't universal no the first time not universal and but there's still is there's still a big enough hit on there in ahead by a century which is almost 
bigger than everything for them. It's, I mean, it's, it's the biggest hit they ever had. Bam. Yeah. Uh, and could cement it that they could probably at this stage, they just put out the live album. They could probably just kind of put out weird, arty records and just do whatever and noodle for the rest of the time. You know? That's right. Because they the got li- enough that it could be the, the history, the legacy is there. The live record didn't do so well either. So this no. was like two years in a row of... yeah. Weird to say underperforming because they were still the biggest band in Canada. Sure, but you look at the landscape of what's going on musically, and is there a place for them anymore? Is it possible? Like, is there any way to get back to previous uh, uh, high points? You know, and it seems like I would have said at the time, if you know, here comes the next hip album. Is it going to be? You know, is it going to compete? I probably would have said no. Because people weren't so nuts about Henhouse and then the live album and like music's changing. We're moving on. But but holy shit, comeback kids. It's so weird. I was gonna say the same use the same word uh, that it's a comeback. It is a comeback. But it's so shouldn't have been because those records no. were really good. Yeah. You know? Oh well now we know. And yeah. I mean I was here's here's my full disclosure on Phantom Power. I loved Trouble at the Hen House from the get go. I was very into that record. Was super into into that vibe, and so Phantom Power was my first slow burn hip album. Really? Because I wanted more dark artiness, and so this sort of return to form. Although it's not really that. It's not like going back in time. But this album full of rockers more more straight a little bit more straightforward song structure i was a little like no i want i want the darkness <laughs> this this record is if fully complete fully completely mm-hmm. and trouble at the hen house had a baby this is a great statement because day for night is is very dark and moody yeah and hen house has still got some you know some zing some yeah. uplift to it yeah but neither of neither of those records is as straight ahead a rocker as fully completely totally but phantom power is it is and all the so it was for me like i was the flip side of the coin for people who were the guys and ladies who wanted fully completely again uh and getting being disappointed maybe with day for night and trouble at the hen house at first because they wanted that so this was the opposite of that where it's like oh no but i want that that's my hip is the dark moody experimental hip like i don't know uh, i stay there i you know that's me imposing my wants on the band in the midst of all this though the first single is poets
about like the the two four weekend. I'm yeah, pretty sure and that video. Is amazing. One of the first really great tragic hit yeah. videos. And yeah, and there's nothing to it. It's just a performance video, but it's just Gord. Yeah, gets to do. He's Gord Downey in the video. It's, yeah, it's the best video version of like what makes him so good at the th- thing that uh, only he can do. I went out <laughs> and bought a powder blue shirt with butterfly <laughs> collars. Ah, <laughs> yeah, buddy. Just so I could, you know, find a way to be more like him. That's back when I could mm-hmm. wear a powder blue. Oh, I'm a little squeaky here. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. Um, but it's a big comeback, this film. Yeah. It really is. And it's a change in their fan climate. Um, which I th- And I, I heard uh, it came up a couple of times in, in a little bit where um, this is kind of where the female audience returned <laughs> to the oh, band. Oh, really? Yeah. Which had kind of gone away. And I've heard the band talk about that. And just sort of like, you know, it became, you know, like you know how like Rush, not another Canadian band thing, but Rush is kind of like a dude thing. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think they kind of were there a little bit uh, somewhere in the middle of it. And this was, this, this, this album really just kind of caught everyone. And it almost shouldn't have. But there was this sort of different... There was room for this in 1998. We started to get like poets really fit in, and when I look back at this album now, I I'm still like maybe more than the others. I'm astonished that this didn't go in the states. This is a a very straight ahead record. Yeah, and I wonder if it didn't because for the first time, everything was so jilted and weird that. You couldn't release like a straight ahead rock and roll record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's why I get confused because, like, it's not the same year. I don't think I I can't put my finger on exactly, but it's right around here. One week by the Bare Naked Ladies is about to happen. Right, and that blows up in the states. Blew up huge. So this kind of that something like like poets, which is a clever, interesting cadence. It's really fucking catchy. It's kitschy, and it, it like it's just built to work in that environment. And it it still doesn't go in the stage. And, uh, you know, we'll get to the deeper tracks later. Uh, but it, and it's track one on the album. We're already talking about it. So let's let's yeah, talk let's about it. Yeah, let's jump in, yeah. So Poets, um, and now when I say this album is a slow burn for me, it's not like I was like, yuck, this sucks. Woo. But I, there was a sense of disappointment because I wanted something else. And then over time, I realized the brilliance of this, you know. And this this album has been one that, that has grown on me the most over the years. Like, I've... I, 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 frequently would go back to it and like it more and more uh, as time went by. Um, Poets started high for me and has never lost any steam. Like, I, uh, anytime Poets is on, I'm fucking happy. Oh, Poets I, is I just... I love, love this tune. You can love air guitar to tune. it. You can stomp around. Oh, my God. It's You can be Gord. You can like, yeah. dance like Gord Downey. Yeah. You were talking a couple episodes ago about songs that make you dance, like Tragic Clip songs. That oh, make yeah. You dance. This is a dancer for me. Fucking for sure. it is. Uh, yeah, amazing backing vocals, amazing backing vocals, um, and that video so effective and so perfect for the time. Like it, you, it shouldn't fit, but it does. Uh, and it, 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 the magic of performance is there in this great little. I'm so enthralled by his performance in it. The the switch around of the shotgun move to the elbow, cleaning the screen. Like there it, it was like the, all these creative ideas like that was so good. I would love to see the outtakes and all the other things he tried, you know? Oh like, man. Yeah, there must have been a million, you know? Like and, and it's so sincere, sincerely unusual. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a great, great phrase. 
and it's and it's a it's a, it's a tricky little tune. We, I talked uh, previously in episodes about Gord's deceptively complicated cadence, and this song is very complicated. Uh, where his rhythm is running as a vocalist. If you go to jump, like if you go to jump in and sing "Poet" to karaoke, you're gonna fuck up. Uh, uh, I promise if you. you. If you nail the beginning, <laughs> yeah. you're gonna fuck up the end for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it gets slippery. It's it very in, slippery. It fits in the odd end. rhythms. It picks up. It slows down. Like he, he it's uh, he's a it, what what this song is. If this is a great lead single, you could not have a better lead single than "Poets." Uh, this is the, hey, we still don't have a good time. Here's a nice rocker for you. But it's also clever. It's a little deceptive in how smart it is. It has a lot of interesting themes going on. And it is it is a great mixture of the, the artsy weirdness and the straight-up rocker. It's all there because this is a band that started with their rock roots and then they pushed themselves into as much experimentation as they could be allowed and then now taken that experience and pulled it back into tight songwriting. So this is, well, I'm maybe there's nothing uglier than a man hitting his stride, but this is a band fully hitting their stride of what they do right and how they learned to unpack it. So it's unconventional, but it completely fucking works because it follows pop structure like you want it to, but it's doing unusual and unconventional things inside of that box, and that is fucking awesome. Ah. You're so smart. I love this song. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great song. And I got, I have nothing to add. Um, so we move into track two from track here. Two. Yeah, yeah. to the ice storm in this in this song um lyrically you know you you get a a picture of what the fuck was going on with this Mm -hmm. when he talks about um you know the ice being attached to the trees and and his chevrolet capri and oh man just so so great (laughs) so great and I, I mean, I didn't catch it as I, you know, frequently with uh, hip stuff. I just, I didn't catch the references forever. You know, what was going on there? Um, and, and it's so obvious. Outside, there's hectic action. The ice is covering the trees, uh, and one of them's interconnected with a Chevrolet Caprice. By God, that's great. Um, but it just, the, the, there's a playful. Uh, a playful delivery here of dark things and then throwing in a, a nice rhyme about a Chevrolet Caprice keeps it light but this yeah. is you know dark stuff so it's a great counterbalance great um, little riff to, to kick the song oh, off oh yeah and this is I think if you were wondering if Poets was going to be the we wrote the one little pop song for you and now we're going to 
go back into spacey weirdness. This, this is the solidify. No, no. That's right. This is a rock and roll record. You guys wanted some rock hits? Well, Here we fucking go. got them. Here you go. <laughs> we haven't we haven't lost it. We haven't been holding back from you. We yeah. just wanted to do something else. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and we can still do this for you, too. So here yeah. you fucking go, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks, you, Gordon. You got it. Um, yeah, what a hook. Uh, this is a great uh, car song. I, I agree. You want to drive fast, listen to this for sure. Yeah. You get a name drop of the album title. Yep. Really um, nice. In the song. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, I love the chorus. I love the, I love the bridge, the uh, harmony and the bridge, like with yep. the backing vocal, Paul Angwan Gord harmonizing mm-hmm. about riding the monorail. And oh, it's, man. it's just, be- it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. <clears throat> um, yeah. This, and, in general, this is a great, uh, road album. Agreed. I like yeah. driving to this album quite a lot. Yeah. Um, not a dud, really. No, no, there isn't. There, uh, yeah, I don't have a. There's not a track on here I don't care for. Uh, and then we and the, the 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 train just keeps on rolling. Track three, save the planet. Uh, just starts just big, just big fucking drum and guitar syncopation rhythm. Ga 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 ga. And you know what's up, but also it's like. Where they trick you with a little bit of like, here come feels like a little bit of basic rock and rock and roll, and then they're like, nope, we do it like this though, and it's still gonna have unique weirdness to it. It's it's always a little unusual and uh, isn't gonna slide into the just conventions of the time because there is like lighter rock fair going on, like pop rock stuff. Matchbox but it's all twenty just, and yeah, Matchbox twenty fucking garbage is out there, you know, and that this is. Accessible, but always uh, it sounds really good loud. This is another song that I think, you know, if you think you can nail Gord Downey yeah. uh, vocally, um, yeah. there's just uh, the words sort of fall out of his mouth for the for the choruses mm-hmm. or for the verses rather. Um, there, it does, there doesn't seem to be any sort of explanation as to uh, a, a rhythmic structure to them, and yet it's so rhythmic and it's so great. Yeah, but it's it's him just spitting out these words and um they're great words but uh yeah. you know a constitution in granite can't save the planet yeah what a great what a what a great idea what a what a fucking great lyricist yeah oh, jo- join the army of ghosts the murmurs in the mist oh boy that's wow what um and yeah the the flow of this again I, i'm gonna try not to 
say this over and over and over, but this album is rich with it. The cadence, um, the, 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 the melody he's got going on for these verses and the way it does fall out of his mouth. It's so, it's like, it's, it's like a trick of the tongue a little bit. It's like, it's, I couldn't sing this song if I had it in my headphones right now mm-hmm. and I had the words in front of me. Yeah. I would screw up. Yeah, because you have to get that sure. quick that quick uh, uh, delivery, but it has to land on a note. And landing on that note out of a quick delivery is really hard because it's also a almost almost toying with flat note. And because it, it has to be, because that's how you deliver the punch there, you know, because it isn't pretty rock and roll. It's not studio junk right it's, i wonder i wonder it's if, fucking art here man i wonder if part <laughs> of this is this is the first record that they completely did at their own studio so the last oh. record uh hen house they recorded a little bit at the bathhouse and they also recorded in new orleans at mm-hmm. uh daniel and was studio right but this one was 100 percent. i mean i'm sure there were demo tracks all over the place but sure but they recorded this record in the bathhouse i wonder how much of it you know the fact that it does rock this way, and there there are these complex, um, you know, lyrical. I don't even know. You're saying cadence, uh, yeah. so I'll use that word as well. Sure. Like I wonder how much one. of that was just they had time on their hands. Yeah. They weren't in a studio worried about spending label money. Yeah. You know, like obviously yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. they're not paying for it for themselves, but right. But there's nobody there going like, hey, you know what we think, guys. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Nobody's interfering with this. I wonder how liberating that must have been. Yeah, just amazing. Well, yeah. uh, probably quite, because this is, you know, you don't write a record this good. It feels this good all the time. No. No, for uh, sure. Like every track, like there's a, uh, you can, like I can, I can really feel the organic nature of the band in this record, you know? Yeah. It's good. It's a good, it's a really good Cottage album, you know? The uh, daytime. 100%. The daytime version of yeah. Cottage. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Cottages. Yeah. Cottage Country. Yeah. Bob Cajun. This is the other one where I'm like, how in the sweet fuck did this not take off in the States? How does this song not? I don't get that even a little bit. So our American friends out there, yeah. if you're hearing this. Well, they, probably, well, they weren't hearing it, I bet. This is the thing. Did, how, did you, how did you, if you're listening to this now, how did you get in touch with the Tragically Hip? How did you find them? Mm-hmm. Which record was it that got you into them? Were you living near a border town? 
tell us your story. I'm really curious. Greg's right. How the fuck did you find these guys? Yeah. Um, this is a song that makes my arm hair stand up. The, yeah. the the bridge of this track makes my like arm hair stand up. And I don't have very much arm hair. Oh shit. So <laughs> when it stands up it's a it's That's a, a feet. You know, yeah. it's a feat. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> um where do you start with Buck Future? How do you unpack this? I mean, there's I, I remember there being some uh, critique that Penthouse what didn't feel as Canadian. Or as many Canadian things on it, which I was like, oh, really? So are, is that that they have to do that? Is that necessary? Yeah. <laughs> well, Listen, thirty three percent of their lyrics. This album comes back with it pretty intense, and so to to have a, t- a, a song that's such a huge hit as well, but just to, even to have a song titled after this very small town that I don't know I had heard the name of prior to this song being released. I don't know if I had either. Why would you? Yeah. Yeah, you know? Um, and the story, the lyrics going on here, and there is some fun stuff that you don't catch, or you why would you catch? But, like, I'm going to jump a little bit further into the song, but uh, with... Um, it, it's such a classic uh, stanza, but uh, that night in Toronto with its checkerboard floors... Now, the checkerboard floors we're talking about are the, the black and white tile floors of the Horseshoe Tavern, which That's the, right. they have cut their teeth in. It's still there. It's still those same floors. It's a, a an amazing it's an institution institution for live music. Uh, riding on horseback, keeping order restored, till the men they couldn't hang stepped to the mic and sang. The men they couldn't hang was a band. That blew my mind when I learned that. Yeah, how about that? What the fuck? <laughs> Because it fits with everything. If you if, like tell them, uh, tell them they couldn't hang. Uh, it's, there's a couple things you can think of what that means, but it fits right into not ever thinking that it's actually a band called the men that couldn't well, hang. Especially when you get the next lyric. Yeah, stepped to the vo- stepped to the mic and sang, and their voices rang with that Aryan twang. There's something to me that I was always just like, oh, they're uh, they're Nazis of some sort, right? Like, um, yeah. you know, the men that couldn't hang. Exactly. But no, no Gord Downey, no. you fucking pulled the rug out right from underneath right us. Under. Gone. Uh, yeah, the men they couldn't hang played regularly at Lee's Palace uh, in the mid eighties. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, they hip themselves graced that stage, um, and they played the horseshoe uh, quite a bit too. The hip knew them; they were buddies, fans of each other. So, Gord's like, I'm putting you in this hunt. Uh, and that that's a big part of the video too. The video where when you have the uh, uh, the like, white supremacists. Uh, uh, demonstration going on. You've got uh, Hugh Dillon from uh, Headstones out there um, preaching on a stage, and now there is a riot going on, and there's people climbing over the fence and jumping around, and the guy runs out and gives the old uh, Sieg Heil on stage. I know all those guys. They, uh, I almost was in this video. What? Yep, they needed extras. They needed people. I was in college. They came there, and I was supposed to go, then couldn't. Uh, and so the, about... 10, 12 of my friends are the riot people. So the guy who throws out the Sea Kyle, he's this great guy named Marty. Uh, he lives in New York now. He's the fucking delight of a human being. And the guy's coming over the fence, getting kicked in the face and shot over. That's this guy, Dave, that I know. And I'm, uh, so I love this video so much because when the riot scene happens, I'm like, eh, this is my buddy. And the part of me is like, God 
damn it, I should have been there. <laughs> well, just think, if you would have been there, we probably wouldn't be here recording this podcast. I know, be, I'd be somewhere be, uh, living music, in a mansion. Music video star. Making shoes out of money. That's, <laughs> that's what I'll do. I'll just take all my $100 bills, I wrap them into sandals, oh, and then man. I just throw them in the river at the end of the day. How would you know what to sell them for? You wouldn't even sell them. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Um, the depth of emotion in this song uh, is overwhelming. It is. It's just, it's pain. It's it's a painful, painful mm-hmm. uh, vocal performance that he gives, and I don't a hundred percent know why. Um, could have been the Willie Nelson. Could have been, the, been wine. the wine. What a great, what a great lyric. Every bit of it lyrically. Uh, Pulling you know, up the blinds. Uh, it's so visual. Yeah. It's uh yeah. It's it's heart wrenching. It's um. It makes me miss him. Yeah, absolutely. And because deal. the thoughtfulness of this and the, the, the thing that, uh, uh, the, the relatability of moments, you know, and having a night of Willie Nelson and wine and, and contemplating the romance of that is so fantastic. Having the, 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 the note, you know, uh, with working on my mind, thought of maybe quitting and leaving it behind. Like, who hasn't had that moment on the road? Oh, my God. Just like, a, you know, like, fuck it all, man. I'm just going to, I've got a it's time to shift. And, and going back to bed in the morning and watching the, the, the uh, hype of, sky like are you fucking kidding me like yeah there's so much texture and there's so much cinema to it and there's so much raw human thoughtfulness that is a universal experience and all of it comes down to deep need of the companionship when you're in the midst of chaos uh, and that one person, your 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 lighthouse, your beacon, you know, in the middle of that ride, I couldn't get you off my mind. And uh, so he's back at your house this morning, like holy fuck, and I'm just I'll, I'd marry you all over again, Gord. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's quite lovely, and it's it's such. It, I mean, to have a song this big and this good at this stage in your career is pretty unlikely. Yeah. It, particularly to have one that's this emotionally effective after having a head by a century. I am emotional talking about it. Sure. Like I am absolutely, for me, what was going on in my life at this time, I was in July of 2008, I was packing up my stuff, getting ready to leave the house that I had grown, mm-hmm. grown up in for, for the last time. Um, you know, I had come home for the summer in university every year, but this was me moving to Toronto. I moved here in September of 1998 and, and, didn't go back and i probably sat there listening to this record packing boxes of stuff right and deciding what you're going to keep and what you're not going to keep and there's something really cathartic about that idea of um of you know sort of curating your future and uh examining you know what you're going to leave behind and Mm -hmm. and um this song takes me right right fucking back there and it's so beautifully recorded as well Uh, i don't think you know, we we talk about production, but the sound of that, um, the the opening strums of the acoustic guitar, just that sounds bass. so great. Yeah, like they're mic'd up so perfectly. Yeah. That bass climbs in. It's just yeah. fucking forget about it. These guys. I, I I mean I don't know how many times I've listened to this song. I had, I I spent a little bit of money for the first time on a stereo. Held many lights and buttons on it, <laughs> <laughs> well, like a three disc changer. Whoa. But it sounded quite good and had a little like mini bass cannon 
off to the side. And I loved playing this song on it. If I wanted to show it off to somebody, like, look at this fucking thing, I would put it in and I'd wait for that bass to boom. Anyway, um, and I, I don't know how many times I've listened to this song, but any time it comes on somewhere, I stop for a second. I regard it. There's no just like it's in the background. Like I cannot ignore its existence when it comes into the room. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, it just it and 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 it's not an exclusive thing to me. Like I'll be I've, I've been places and it starts and everyone kind of clocks it. We look at each other like yeah, yeah. there it is, oh. and it's the greatest. It uh, is one of the best ballads by Barna. anybody Barna. of any era. Yeah, just a remarkable song. I think if you know, in a list of songs, if I if I had to play a hip song to somebody and explain why they're so beloved to us, uh, I I could not not give this song up as a it would suggestion. Be, it would be on my short list for sure. One hundred percent. Yeah. Moving past this song, when we talked about Henhouse, mm-hmm. we talked about a potential misstep. We talked about going from flamenco. Yeah. Into uh, mm. a seven hundred foot ceiling. Yes. <laughs> this. Yeah. Is how you fucking play the game. There you on go, Phantom buddy. Power. Yes, this indeed. is how you do this. this is, because this is. this is them taking a beautiful ballad that um, that plays itself out, and then we go into Thompson Girl. Yeah. And it is. It starts out. You have to lean into it a little bit. Yep. It's uh, sort of plaintiff off the top. It's. Um, it, you know, it's not a rocker. No, but it's but not it's a ballad not a either. Ballad it's either. A, it's it's great tempo. It's still super organic. You can really feel the drum kit, uh, and there's a bit of a there's a bit of a brooding menace about this tune, even though Absolutely. it's quite lovely. Yeah, um, there's it's a darker vibe, and it's the best way to to it's it's your it's such a great it's much more than a transition song, but it works as a great transition song to get you. From the emotional depths of Bob Cage and to be able to move forward. That's right. You need something. You need something like this to move you on. And this song stands on its own. Like, it's much better than just being a transition piece. I would put this on a mixtape. This is a fucking home run song. I love Thompson Girl. Christmas at 55 degrees This latitude weakens my knees Thompson girl Beautiful piece of work. His vocal work on this is quite nice. There's this lovely control on the upper register um, that isn't frequent at this time in the career up to this point. No, this is, in, this is beautifully handled, beautifully sung. Uh, again, the imagery, it's not quite as cinematic. Uh, this album isn't quite as cinematic in the lyrics as uh, Day for Night, um, but there's a, a thoughtfulness 
at this stage. But they, again, this is a band that is in complete control and uh, in complete stride with their talents and abilities. Absolutely, it's, this song would fit. This song would fit of the of the few that we've heard so far. Mm-hmm. You could put it on day for night for sure, and it, would, and it would work there. It would work on Hen House, and it absolutely works here. Yeah, uh, yeah. This song whistles, and I whistle back. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's truly something. And then. It shifts so nicely, and this gives you the second. I, I mean, I had this on CD. I never had this on cassette, so I don't know. This is side two, though. I guess this begins side two. It feels yeah. like side two's beginning. Uh, membership. membership maybe didn't catch my attention in 1998 as much as the other songs not that i disliked it but there was a a big swell of stuff going on here in this record membership is like this this quiet song that's not so quiet that's sort of like hanging out in the back doing push-ups waiting for you it's like oh i'm ready when you get here i'm fucking ready when you're ready to look at me i'm fucking ready (laughs) that's what membership says to me i love membership yeah i I love membership uh i don't know if i can say love but i i do really I, i didn't say love until like like Five years ago. Really? Okay. Fuck, man. Membership is... That's a fucking joint. I probably need to listen to this song more and more. Yeah. I wouldn't do a thing with this song. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't take it off the record. I wouldn't put it in a different spot. But you're but you're 100% right that... Those fucking harmonies. Near the beginning. dark and weird. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. I can hear it in my head right Mm -hmm. now, and I'm... Yeah. Yeah. I'm liking what I hear. And it's still... And it continues to climb out, right? You got Bob Cajun takes you down there. Thompson Girl takes a little bit of a turn up. It's dark. This song is more of a it's a it's a bigger song. It's a heavier tune. It's a little darker still, and like some twisted, weird vibes going on. And I I feel like I'm not talking about the song enough, but I, I have to just go right into the next track because you need this transition to get you to fireworks. And when fireworks lands. Because if fireworks came right after Bob Cajun, it would feel weird. But it would. We've had this time now when fireworks lands. It is, oh, man, it's a bomb. It's so big and so needed. It's this turnaround. It's, yeah. it's, it's so romantic. It's so hopeful. And I am not a hockey guy, but I fucking love the hockey in this song so it's much. It's so great, it, right? It swells my heart. It, it does. Me as well. well. We all held the stick. We all pulled the trigger. I fucking ain't me. I did not, but I fucking do now, you know? Yeah. Like, If there's a goal that everyone remembers, it was back in old 70s. 
This romantic and make me feel this romantic about hockey in such an honest uh, way that it, it is a part of life in Canada. I, it, it's a remarkable feat because, and particularly, it's, I'm still and, and so sorry, I'm stepping over myself. But this is this is the stage with this band where me as an American, uh, coming from not hockey exposure, America, I come from football basketball America and I, I didn't relate to hockey and so I didn't relate to a lot of things in Canada because I always felt a little outside. I've been here since I was 10 years old but I always felt like the American here and and it, and it took a long time to be able to feel like I could relate to things or understand them and for, for many years when at this stage particularly the, the hip became the lens through which I saw Canada and they and the the romance of it, and it really gave texture to things that I didn't necessarily see uh, physically or had been to in the way that you know uh, American cinema and music gives you New York. You have a sense of it without going there, and you feel like you know it. And this is how I was able to see Canada without having been uh, the way I was raised. You know what I mean? Sure. Does that make sense at all? <laughs> it does. And what I find fascinating, like utterly fascinating, is that your journey with this song almost goes the opposite way of the protagonist. Because the protagonist in the song is going away. Is, is, is moving away. His grip he's on loosening his grip on Bobby Orr. Yeah. Like, right? You said you'd never give up. You said you never gave a fuck about hockey. I never heard someone say that before. Yeah. You held my hand. We walked home the long way. You were loosening my grip on Bobby Orr. And like, what is that? What, what, what a great. What yeah. a great. And I mean, listen. And that's a, that's an analogy that I can relate to any sports. Thing. Sure. I mean, like being a, a Chicago guy, such a huge Bears fan, and you know, so enamored with Walter Payton and, uh, and Michael Jordan growing up. You know, and like, and you, you like sports, 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 sports. I want to play football every lunch hour. And then it's like, and then the girls are there, and then like and you talk, to them, and it's like, and that stuff starts to fade. That's right. you know, and, and it's an amazing that anything is accomplished. You know? That's right. Uh, <laughs> which is such a. I love that he, he he gets into that notion on more than one song. That it's it's, it's astounding that anything ever happens because we get into these things. And like, so when you meet someone, it is that swirl. And I feel the swirl of excitement in this song. It's that it's that uh, that fucking riff is so it. It, it has a speed and delivery to it and not a terribly fast song. It's a, a mid-tempo rock song, but the guitar riff has this like excited busyness of bee 
breeze or something it going does. on it, you know? Yeah, I can hear And it, it, it almost feels like the, the heart racing and, you know, watching a fucking goal like that happen and, and as then turning around and realizing that uh, girls in love and holy fuck, That's right. you know, like your heart's flying, you know? Well, for, and, and, and it's hard to feel calm because your pulse is racing the whole time. Well, for it's, a rocker, it's got a, it's got a strange guitar sound because totally. there's not distortion on the guitar. No. Uh, I don't want to say it's clean because that's not that's not what it is. It's affected with something, but mm-hmm. I don't know what the effects is, like a phase or something. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who knows way more about guitars would be able to say sure, it. Sure, sure. But uh, that person isn't me, so yeah, but, <laughs> but I'm here with you. <laughs> but let's talk about saxophones again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Where's the sax in this? <laughs> yeah, come on, Miles or Manning or um. <laughs> Channing. Uh, and there's so many. I don't know. I mean, this song means more to me. At different phases in my life, different parts of it really, you know, lock in. Like, you know, we hung out together every single second because that's what we thought married people do. And like, yeah. it's just, there's such a, this, it's great. Ah, fuck me. It's so good, this song. I, and this is another one I love driving to. And I just sang my little heart out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is one you can actually yeah, sing. Yeah, you to. really can. And it's yeah. such a fun melody. It's that's so right. fun. Everything about this song worked so fucking well. Yeah. And this was like a little, this wasn't as big on the charts or maybe even as much airplay. But it was a single though, right? It was a single. And I, this went a long way to bringing back maybe the disgruntled fans or the ones who were like, I don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the, the fireworks did like serious public relations for the hip. <laughs> and it just, it did everything that they, they've been so great at um, and made it, so accessible, and I'm, I feel like I'm repeating myself a little bit with poets here, but it made it just so accessible to anyone. Like, like I, I that hockey shit. I like I, but I know it because I live in Canada and I know what goalie's talking about. I'm like, oh yeah, right, right. <laughs> and to, to the, the emotional uh, uh, resonation of it, and how it's it's so just in all of us. You know, it's hard not to get excited about it because it's, oh, it's fucking ours, man. Just yeah. like they are. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. Fireworks. Ah, fireworks. I fucking love you. <laughs> yeah, me too. What a track. What it's a definitely one of, track. Definitely one no of other my, band can do this. One of my favorites on the record, for sure. 100%. Don't know if I'll take it home with me, but uh, yeah. it's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, no no other band can pull this fucking thing off. Not a chance. Not after doing something as 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 beautiful as Bob Cage, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah, not going to get two no, of those on the same record. Yeah. Well, good Lord. Um, I'm really excited about this next run. Uh, track eight, Vapor Trails. Mm. 
And this, you're right, this really does kick it off. This could almost be the second track of the second side with fireworks yeah. kicking off. But I, yeah. I think it is, right. honestly. But, but I don't I think again, this I, is we're into CD land here now. We, Nobody's we're buying fucking Nobody's, tapes yeah. anymore. No. Um, vinyl, no one thinks is coming back. So. <laughs> Little yeah. did I know. Wrong? Um, this song, I think this is where we get, like, I, I, and I was too dumb to pay attention maybe all the time when I first got it. Uh, when I was kind of like, well, I want that dark thing. And like, it's a dark song, uh, with big lifts in it. And I like, the, I like when he pushes his voice up to where it gets for these choruses. He's pushing it. Yeah, and it's and I love his timber up there. And it's it's so effective and emotional. Um, but like like fun too. I don't know what the, that thing is. It's that great magic of excellent pop music. Um, he uh, uh, this could this could fit this fits in. It doesn't sound like those albums, but it fits the DNA. Of day for night in hen house there's a there's a sinister vibe to vapor, vapor trails that i really fucking have time for um i guess you know there are there there are the there's these hopeful up-tempo rockers and uh, uh um accessible I, I, don't, I feel like that's not the right word but accessible songs in here like fireworks and poets and something on and then there's the other there's the the, the others out here you know the, from the others from the tail section of the plane uh who are the you know the, the the vapor trails and membership and thompson girl and they're creeping around too but right. things aren't so fucking nice uh and it's great it's such a fucking amazing balance there's such great dynamics to this record <laughs> and vapor trails is just yeah it's it's theatrical you know it's uh i i like your terminology there's lifts because the end of every you know the the beginning of the verse it feels like the verse just sort of this is gonna sound really dumb but the verse just sort of <laughs> starts yeah like uh the, the the music is playing and the part where you think the vocal might come in it doesn't quite come in, and mm -hmm. then it's like a, a couple beats later, and it, it's not it's not necessarily melodic, but then you get to this chorus that is so melodic and so um, big, you mm -hmm. know, like uh, yeah. with, with that big lift. Yeah. Oh, it's stadium huge. Yeah. Abs yeah. Oh, this is a great song live. Yeah. Oh this is yeah. A great, great tune live. Beautiful tune. Um. Yeah, album cuts on this one are extremely strong, and we're we're you know uh, not to beat a dead horse of our common conversations, but there isn't a uh, I'll believe in you. No, on this, no. That, that's yeah, I, I there's feel no like more we've, room. I feel like for we like, moved past that. Yeah, there, there, the 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 skill set and uh, professionalism of the songwriting at this stage, like they're too good. To write something light, like trite, yeah. There's no yeah. need, like, and, yeah. and it's it's effortless to not do that. They don't have to pad out a record anymore. No, no, absolutely it's not. Like, this is fucking good shit. Yes, Just all the way crushing. through. Yeah, uh, and yeah, God, it's such wonderful emotional shifts and turns for the end of this record because we go from vapor trails, which is theatrical, it's huge, and a little bit of like sinister stadium, and you slide into the rules.
crossing guards not doing his job Traffic's not about to stop But the first casualty of thought It's the rules It's the rules Which brings it down quite a bit Quite a bit Doesn't lose momentum And that guitar playing on that song Oh, oh. Like it just, it's just really beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. Robbie, Rob, Bobby Baker, Bob Baker. I guess it, it's Rob Baker at this point. But mm-hmm. that guy does not get enough. There aren't enough T-shirts with pictures of him and his guitar on them. Yeah. You know, if you think about the era that we grew up in. Yeah. And the the guitar. Oh, it's you know, such he's, an he's image. Not, he's not like a guitar god in in you know a Randy Rhodes or um, no, but or Steve, there's, Steve there's such an image of him playing. You know? Yeah, he's, there he's so fucking good, but he yeah. should be in that pantheon. He's really, really, really good. Yeah, uh, with and uh, not uh, not very repetitious. No, there's, he takes on different uh, approaches album the album to the either layering uh, texture of guitar or type of soloing he does agreed and uh, <laughs> here's me being a judgy bastard mm. looking at him you're like yeah this is a guy who plays guitar on up to here like his whole career yeah you know yeah, and yeah. yet he's just as comfortable like doing this um this really sort of uh what's the word the hate ashbury word what word am i looking for uh Oh man, hey, that, uh, psychedelic. Psychedelic. Okay, okay. Yeah, psychi- <laughs> thank you. It's like he, yeah, psychedelic. He's uh... a <laughs> <laughs> totally. He's a uh, yeah. He he's just as comfortable with that. Yeah. And then I mean, look, what are we talking about like, all the solos on guitar. Day for Night? They aren't guitar solos. They're no. they're sound pieces. They're textures. Yeah. You know. And and this is great. Yeah. Um, of course, the the Gord stuff is wonderful. He sounds beautiful in this song. The rules. What are the rules? What are they? Oh, there are many. <laughs> um, I feel like the rules are the 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 Murphy laws. The that's the shit, man. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's the be. rules. Must uh, be. Yeah, I know you wanted this, but the rules. You gotta suffer through. You gotta fucking wait in line. You gotta. Not win. I wonder if this is a little bit about about their journey to a certain degree. Maybe there's no doubt that they felt successful and they were wildly successful. Yeah, and you know they they did have some success south of the border, but there's got to be a part of them. There's got to be a part of them somewhere that was like, "Fuck, man! Like, (laughs) you two just released a piece of shit. (laughs) Like, pop was." You know, oh, what a by mess. and large, just a junk, a you know, mess. and they're doing this stadium tour inside a giant lemon. Yeah. And, you know, we go south of the border and we're still playing. And it's a beautiful theater in Detroit, but like sure. the Fox or yeah. or Kobo or wherever, yeah, you know, that's the we're rules. doing these things. That's Sorry. The rules. Yeah. That's rules. Fuck. Yeah. Um, and then we get another emotional shift to Chagrin Falls. Chagrin Falls, Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real, a real place as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, do you know it? 
No, I don't oh, know okay. it. <laughs> you call yourself an American. Yeah, yeah, I know this fucking song, and I <laughs> love this song. Yeah. Great, great Paul Angois yeah. vocals, right? Oh, man. Amazing vocals. Yeah. And the, the, just like we talked about, I feel like this shares DNA with Vapor Trails. It's like, the, it's another, this song is very much more joyful than yeah. uh, Vapor Trails, but it has the same kind of thing of like, it's a little subdued, it's a little mysterious, but those lifts in it, it's big. When he opens it up vocally, it's, oh, man, there's like, uh, there's nothing else. No, there's it's nothing else. This wonderful. is a great highway song. Oh, man, I speed. <laughs> Say about a minute and a half into this song, I'm speeding. Um, yeah, uh, great, playful guitar work again. Unconventional riff. Uh, and you have complicated melodies going on. The the counterbalance of that riff, his voice. Um, and boy, this, ah, and he holds it back. He holds back on the vocal for half of the song until it's time to go. And then it's then it becomes... All bets are off. It's desperate. It's joyful. He means it. Yeah. And I want to be there. I want to go to Screen Falls. <laughs> There's a really great dynamic going on in this record between, you know, from the time we hit Bob Cajun, um, we come back with with lower tempo songs, or, you know, slower tempo songs, mid-tempo songs, rockers, yep. and we're sort of going at the tail end of the record here we're going back and forth we're sort of rocking into this mm-hmm. you know rocking into this um into this beautiful place yeah. that we're going to hit and the next the next track is escape is at hand for the traveling man yes guy
sixth on the bill is a song that was a real grower for me this was a song that i probably jumped past a few times sure well, it's early right early on yeah, yeah. and oh, uh, i did it took me a while to realize the brilliance of this this is a really good song it's a really fucking good song like the narrative in this song the story that yeah. he tells yeah he he's a great storyteller and he's a great lyricist if we haven't mentioned that already mm-hmm. but the little details that he gets in this yeah you know, talking about this band, yeah, um, that he's talking about, like making up record name, record yeah. record titles for them, and <laughs> this is incredible, just really cool, right? <laughs> really, really cool. Like I don't know why some Canadian indie band at this point hasn't, hasn't named themselves one of hasn't these named themselves this, and and fucking you know, fuck, I would do that. Yeah, um, and yeah, and this is another just you you, you cannot get you can't get to here without. Uh, dismantling the rock song. No, you cannot get from Road Apples to this without the unraveling that Day for Night through Henhouse is. Because this is and this isn't uh, inaccessible or anything like that. It's a like, on its face great, but you cannot write a song that's this clever and story oriented, but still completely catchy and has a chorus and has a vibe and a memorable <laughs> impact without going through that. And it's a great example of a band full circling, you know, hitting the stride, man. It's all there. Absolutely. Yeah. I love this tune. It's so cool. It's so cool. Like this a story song. <laughs> but I think that people don't tell stories about. How about that? Um Emperor Penguin. I love this song. And the album. So much. 
Take the tone of your trumpet, come on and spill some paint. Let's raise a glass of milk to the end of another day. Into the kiss that's still intangible. Your kids are all right, just unmanageable. They won't do a damn thing, you say. Voices all attached on a radio wave breeze. We have another caller with a bachelor degree. Talking alien invasion is the only chance for unity. Sorry to interrupt your caller, but it's a physical impossibility. That's a physical impossibility. Hip Dude's such a great song, a job. And I'll, I'll try and point this out whenever I can throughout the, the duration of this podcast. They have a great history of songs that have titles that before I hear the song, I think I'm not going to like this song. <laughs> <laughs> this is totally one. When I saw this on the track list initially, I'm like, it's at the end, never a penguin. You know what the fuck's going on? Yeah, it's like that. It's like that last sketch on SNL. <laughs> yeah, totally. You're like, you're the not last ten like minutes, this, but you're like, oh, I'm like, oh, I give a yeah, we're just batting it out. What a weird little fucking bit of joy this is. This is great. Yeah. Um, this was one of the last new tragically hip songs that me and my buddy used to play. Oh, nice. Um, back when you know shit didn't matter, we had time on our hands. There was weed to smoke and guitars around. We would play the shit out of this song. Fucking okay. And nice. this is another song that would make my arm hair stand up. It, it was just, oh man. Um, sorry to sorry to interrupt you, caller, but that's a physical impossibility. Mm-hmm. And then you get into that. Um, you'd be tossed up or washed up. The narrator relates. Oh man, I I love every syllable of this song. Yeah, let's raise a glass of milk to the end of another day, and just look kiss and to the kiss that's still intangible. The kids are all right, just unmanageable. They won't do a damn thing you say. Fuck. All right. Yeah, uh, I, I got nothing. I mean, the slide guitar out of this song is something that I don't think I should like in in any other circumstance but I love it mm-hmm. um yeah uh, I, I just I eat this song for breakfast yeah. and then I want more for lunch I, I couldn't say it better I'm going to read someone else's work here to, to finalize my great thoughts on this my great thoughts <laughs> my thoughts about how great this song is uh and the importance of thinking about your lyrics and doing a good job of writing a full album. Last track on the album, and this is from the uh, wonderful uh, website, hipmuseum.com. What, yeah, final thoughts here for me anyway is uh, a song for and about women. The work they do, the trouble we men give them, and their roles as sisters, mothers, and matriarchs, for which we are all some, we all sometimes take for granted. Emperor penguins are one of few species on Earth which exist in nature's version of a uh, 
of a matrilineal society. After laying their eggs, the female emperors leave the care of their offspring to the men of the flock. The women depart to hunt and scrounge for food. Often on incredibly arduous excursions, they leave their communities behind for more than two months. And that's that great line. Uh, meet with Emperor Penguin, devotion to the egg, and their women are swimming from half an ocean away. Wow. I guess I always knew that in my DNA. Sure. But I didn't know it like it is, that. Man. That was written beautifully. Yeah. Really wow. nice. That's a great website. If you want to like tons of trivia on uh, what's going on in the hip song, it's a great place to, to look some stuff up. It's fantastic. Yeah. And that's uh, yeah. and there you go. What a fucking brilliant piece of work this album is. This and album is aged so fucking well. It's it's one of the it's one of the records you can put on at any time yeah. and it, it's going to work. Like you said, night or daytime at the cottage like throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the campfire record, but throughout the day you're going to listen to it while you're drinking beer. Yes. You know, you're going to totally enjoy it. A couple other little things I want to say about this record. First thing is you talked um uh, when you talked about Day for Night, you talked about it being a blue record, mm-hmm. and you talked about Hen House being a red record. Yeah. Oh. And this record, the the album cover <laughs> yes. is yellow. It's so yellow. So this these are the primary colors. These yeah. three records in a row yeah. are the primary colors, and I really feel like they become the palette for you know the rest of mm-hmm. what we get from the Tragically Hip. Yeah. The rest of the records that yeah. we get from the Tragically Hip, we get a little bit from Column A, Column B, Column C. Yeah. And it really does make for a great, great oh, tapestry. Yeah. And there's this other shade that comes a couple uh, albums Absol- later. Absolutely. It's so nice. It's so perfect. It's yeah. Like it's, a, it's a final piece. But um, the other thing that I have to say is, from a journey perspective, this this was the last record that I was really excited about mm-hmm. um, at the time. I am looking forward to revisiting the other records with you that I yeah. enjoyed yeah. and um, but for different reasons um, I need to say I need to put a button on this from yeah. for me there was a journey that I had with this band that started with with up to here mm-hmm. and I have a friend her name is Heather and she had a connection with a group called Camp Trillium mm-hmm. and the tragically hip the summer of 98 decided to put on a series of concerts to benefit Camp Trillium. Hmm. And Heather had an inside track because of this Camp Trillium connection. And they were all secret shows. And they would announce them the day of. And you could buy tickets. And you had to buy it at the venue. And she called me and she said, I know where the one closest to us oh. is going to be. Oh, We need to go there. And then I have a surprise for you. Oh, So we showed up and we got tickets. And we ended up sitting third row center. Oh. For this concert at Hamilton Place. Wow. Which is a small venue. Yeah. Um, beautiful, beautiful venue. We sat third row center, but the surprise was that she had a gift to give the band um, from Camp Trillium, and Camp Trillium had bestowed upon her the honor of giving the gift to the band. So we actually oh, got to wow. go backstage after the concert into the dressing room and give this gift to the Tragically Hip. Holy fuck. So this is the summer of 1998. This was July or August of 98. The concert was heavy, Phantom Power, obviously. Um, It was wonderful. The band that sings Come For A Ride opened up for them. Why can't I think of the name of the band right now? Come For A Ride? Come For A Ride, y'all. 
Come for a ride. No? Nope. I'll think of it and dump it in. That's all. <laughs> um, we went backstage, and there they were. Set list there. Grabbed a the set list. They let me take it. Mm-hmm. Handwritten. Mm-hmm. And I was just sort of sitting there with my jaw on the floor the whole time. We introduced ourselves, and we just stood there and talked to them for a little bit. And the whole time, Gord Downey was standing probably where you are. He was on my He was on my right. But he had a soccer ball, and he kept doing that thing where you where you fire it forward oh, and then roll it, it back your in your arms. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And he just was doing that and doing that. And at one point, he looked at me, and he said, is everything all right? Because I, I just had a dumb <laughs> – I didn't know what to do with yeah, myself. Sure. Heather was handling herself very well, yeah. but I was just sort of like, uh. <laughs> He's like – is everything all right? And I said, I had introduced myself at the beginning. I had said, yeah. my name was Jamie. And he said, is everything all right, Jamie? And I said, um, everything, like nothing could be better right now. I could walk outside and get hit by a bus and it would still be the best thing ever. <laughs> and he looked and he's like, he said, well, don't do that, Jamie. <laughs> And it was like the coolest moment of my life because only yeah. my mom calls me James. Yeah. And Gordani had just called me James. <laughs> and oh, uh, at that point, they were done talking to us. They wanted to shower and go and drink beer. Yeah. But they invited us to come drink beer with them. They said, yeah, you can come into the next room if you want and we can party. And um, biggest regret of my life, didn't do it. I had a, a girl that had been dating for four years we, oh. had, we had broken up that summer oh. we had just started getting back together oh and she was meeting me that night oh and that was going to be the beginning of our oh. of our new chapter this is cell this is before age. cell phones oh couldn't call her she would have totally understood she sure. would have been cool she would have been you can't call her but i can't call her and i can't oh. i can't uh yeah so not only that but i cock blocked heather because yeah. she couldn't she couldn't go she she was sort of stuck with me and yeah and uh, that relationship did not work out, but uh, her and I are still friends. That's nice. Um, Heather is still a dear friend of mine as well, uh, which I don't know if I would be if I had if I had yeah, made yeah, her leave. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but this <laughs> was there. this was a big moment for me. It yeah. was uh, he was my absolute and remains to this day one of my idols. Yeah. And um, to meet him personally and and have that experience with him was was just I I, yeah. I can't even tell you. I saw them live several more times after this date still continue to enjoy the music but there yeah. was just something a yeah. little bit different from here on sure in. so i really look forward to you being my sherpa for some of these later records musical right. work i was definitely into saw them live yeah in violet light i love yeah um but some of the records after that i get a little bit more dicey on yeah i got deep love for those and uh i can't wait for you to impart your love I and wait uh, to talk about hold them. my hand and take yeah. me through these records Isn't this is gonna be a lot of fun things accomplished yes yeah oh man yeah well phantom power yeah uh what do you <laughs> now we have to pick a what's, what's the song your That's song right. what's yeah. the song i what's going on your list this is uh, really uh, more than most albums, this is very tough for me. It's really hard on this one for a couple of reasons. Uh, first, the biggest one, Bob Cajun. I mean, I, I don't know what I would do without that song. But it seems like such an obvious pick. I almost don't want to pick it. And then Poets is such a, like, again, a big song. I don't want to pick. But, I mean, it's just a, this, like, sneaky, perfect track that I have so much goddamn admiration for. And every time it comes on, I'm like, 
Very good song. Very good song. And then there's Vapor Trails and Chagrin Falls. I go fucking bananas for Chagrin Falls. And the rules. Something on. Fireworks. I mean, these are all... It's, it's, these are songs that really like affect me in a deep emotional way. Yeah. This, there's, a, there's a lot of emotion on this record. It's a dense record. Yeah. Do you have one picked? I do have one picked. Okay, well then tell and me I'll, yours. And I can say, preamble-wise, I okay. will say this. I want to go Poets because yeah. I love that song. Yes. It's also an opening track, and I am mm. sorely missing an opening track so far. Mm. Mm. Uh, and this is a great opening track. It's, yeah, devastating. But I also... <laughs> I, I already have a closing track, but my favorite song on this record is Emperor Penguin. Right. So I'm going to go with Emperor Penguin, and it's going to go on my list. And good whether you. or not, I'm going to have a tough time sequencing mine. Yeah. Because I've got that in El Dorado now. Yeah. And opiated. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, my God. I... Uh, I I think I I I I don't know. I want to save Bob Cajun. Well, the good news is there's but there's not a wrong pick. There isn't, but I feel like I you know maybe you, you pick a, a deeper cut and someone will listen to the playlist and enjoy a new emotion. No, fuck that. Listen, it's Bob Cajun. Yeah, all right. The, the way that the song starts, the emotion rises within me. That the wonderful video and you know we didn't talk about it at all. Uh, all the different band names. Uh, oh, that the band had in the videos on the drum kits. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Because so far in in this, we've seen the band in the poet, uh, the band in the poets video. Yeah, rather is the rodents. The rodents, I believe. Yeah, yes. yeah I think. Yeah, yeah. And then there is um, in uh, Bob Cajun during the. Mm-hmm. I was never a big video guy, so oh, right, right. I'm not 100 percent sure. No, I don't have them all memorized right now. But uh, some of the, the rodents some, stands out because it's easy and fun and stupid. Erin from Vivid Beats, mm-hmm. she posted a picture the other day of her workstation. Oh, yeah. And in her workstation, she's got like a framed thing that is like, it's almost like a tour poster. Yeah. And it's all the bands. So it's like, we could look it up because it's oh, all the band names, the but it's out. almost like it's like a tour poster. That's amazing. It's like the rodents with the these guys and yeah, the these yeah. guys and the these guys. Oh, and man. guess where they're playing? Huh. The Golden Rim Motor Inn. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. Well, I want a hard copy of that. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, Aaron. Yeah. That's you have to amazing. Hook us up. I think it has to be Bob Gage and for me, because uh, if I was going to try and sway someone who didn't know them or introduce this band, that that's a top five song it, I would pick to be like, you don't know the hit? Well, listen to this. Yeah, I would say like, or if somebody was gonna be like, oh yeah, well, you know, give me an example of why they're so good and why it's crazy they didn't break in the states. Well, listen to this. That, exactly. Yeah, there's not in the head by a century are on a very short yeah, list yeah, of yeah. songs that are yeah. like baseball bats that should be right. hitting people in the yeah. head with the talent that this band has. Yeah, my deep cuts will come, I guess, in the later albums. You've I can't not deep, pick Bob Cage in. You've got the luxury. I got. Yeah, I know. I that's a deep cut. That's a beautiful song. Yeah. I did go Grace 2, though, so I didn't want to go too uh, well, obviously. You had a great opening track. I need I'm one of those. Lacking. That's right. I I'm need that lacking. emotional fucking crushing moment here. So anyway. All yeah, right. Bob Cajun. Cool. Good. And until next time, pick up your shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fully and Completely is a modern superior podcast. You can find out more information about the show at www.fullyandcompletely.ca. You can tweet us at 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 fully podcast mm. 
And of course, you can find uh, more information about our show and many other fantastic shows at www.modernsuperior.com. <laughs> I came in there for that. That's awesome. <laughs> This episode has been brought to you by the Modern Superior Podcast Network. 